This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Michael Bamberger covers the game for golf and golf.com, also the author of numerous books. Last one, The Secret Life of Tiger Woods, and, and we'll discuss that a little bit. It's a pleasure to welcome Michael Bamberger back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Michael? Very good. This this is like a springtime flower, this annual chat we have. <laughs> uh, are you working on a new book? You know, I am sort of just starting one, but it's so early in the process, I barely know what it is myself, but I hope in a year from now I can tell you that I've actually written something is, is, or am writing it. Is day one of writing a book the hardest day? Yeah, uh, I would say, I would say the, the hardest part is getting... Not the get, not getting started on the writing, but getting started on the idea and pursuing what it is that you want to pursue. I, most of your books have a beginning and an end. You've done you've done novels. Is it hard to find the ending? Well, the, that is a very insightful question. I, I like to do books that have a narrative drive. Uh, so the protagonist starts in one place and finishes uh, uh, someplace else. So I think that's the the joy of the reporting is not knowing where it's going to go. And then typically the the reporting, the, the narrative of the writing follows the reporting, okay. if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, you've been to the major championships. Folks listening to this program have probably not been to every major championship. Doesn't necessarily make it good or bad. What makes the Masters different than the other ones? You know, it's that's... There's so much in that question, as you probably know. Because a conversation I've been having with some of my golfing friends of late is, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, now this is from an American point of view, the U.S. Open was clearly the king of the four majors. And I think the order really went in terms of like player passion and fan passion for the tournament. It was U.S. Open first. Mm-hmm. Very close between the Masters and the British Open and then the PGA Championship. And for, I, for me personally, I would say the order was U.S. Open, British Open, Masters, PGA Championship. And then I went to a British Open, and then that got first. So this is in the 70s and the 80s. Today, I think if you poll the players, which is probably the best way to start, the Masters, I think, has become, if you could only win one major in your life, which would it be? I think the overwhelming answer would be the Masters. Would you agree with that or, or not? Uh, yeah, I I also think Zach Johnson did it the best way. He's got a Masters and he's got an Open on the old course. Why? Well, why? that's nice work if you can get it. <laughs> but, but but how many people have done that? Not many. Seven. So why Big do you, why do you think they feel that way? Why do you think the players I think feel what that happened, way? happened. You know, was, uh, not to aggrandize our own thing, but. To some degree, we, CBS and Sports Illustrated and Augusta radio shows and all the rest, have made such a fuss of the club within the club. If you get, with, if you get in the club within the club, uh, you know, the special locker room for winning uh, at Augusta National, and of course, the special dinner that you get to go to for the rest of your life, then you really are in the elite of the elite. And even though it's a smaller field, and it's a golf course that lends itself to a certain style of play. Um, and in many ways, really, it's just not simply as demanding as a U.S. Open or a British Open in, in bad weather. And the field's not nearly as deep as the PGA Championship uh, field. 
um, although it's a plenty deep field, but but still not to that degree, I don't think. Um, it's become the ultimate status symbol in the game. And uh, human beings are drawn to status and power uh, in almost every uh, phase of life. So no matter what you're doing, you achieve you, a person seeks to have higher status within his peer group. And I think winning a Masters uh, gets it. And I think Tiger has a lot to do with it. And, uh, of course, Nicholas and the legacy of Palmer uh, and and everything else. We're talking with Michael Bamberger here on the Augusta Golf Show. You mentioned uh, the winners and you mentioned what it takes to. Is there, in your mind, Michael, as you've, how many Masters for you, by the way? Think about definitely north of 25. Okay. Do you think there's a singular characteristic about a winner? I mean, you can be a fair driver of the golf ball and still win, but can you be a poor putter and win? No, you can't be a poor. You definitely can't be a poor putter and win. I think a really underrated aspect of uh, of winning a Masters is is lag putting well. Uh, the ability. There's so many different things there, but the, but the ability to change gears. From the uh, from the extreme athleticism of, of trying to rip one on thirteen and fifteen to playing these super finesse shots over super tight lies, I think to pitch the ball greenside pitches at Augusta where you've got to fly the ball over the slopes rather than just uh, uh, run it up there and certainly uh, uh, you can't really chip with a, uh, a putter like you, like you might be able to do it at some other places, but the super fine lies and and uh, the, Seve and Delothable used to talk about this with Tiger uh, when Tiger was still an amateur. Uh, that you had to, you, you had to play pitch shots uh, uh, in the air, and you have to be able to change gears, and you have to be able to lag putt well, and you have to be able to think really well. And really, the thinking is not that complicated, but you have to keep your drive. You have to keep your golf ball dry on Sunday. I don't have the off the top of my head, but I did do a study at one point of Masters winners who are in water hazards at all uh, Sunday on the back nine since World War II. And I think the answer was two or three. Hmm. And and even those guys, maybe, I think salvage par, I think someone made a, I can't recall offhand, but someone like Watson made a par on 15 out of the water. Um, uh, so you'd have to keep your ball dry. Of course, Molinari uh, against Tiger in 2019, had he kept his ball dry, he certainly would have won that Masters. So, um, and he's one of the best thinkers in the game. But uh, so everyone talks about the, you know, brawn being so important and everyone talks about short putting being so important. Of course they are. But I would add to that list the ability to change gears, be able to pitch it, not necessarily just chip it, but pitch it off of tight lies to lag putt and to think your way around the golf course uh, like like a strategic. A lot of the things you're talking about, do you, do you think it's really tough? Do you think Rory will ever win this and get the career grand slam? You want to say yes because it's just such a lo- such a lovely person, so good for golf. It's important to him. Uh, uh, so he, he, the game, his game is well suited to that course. He loves it there. He'd look great in a green coat for the rest of his life going to going to that dinner. So you want to say yes, but golf has a way of snake biting some of its greats. Uh, Palmer never won a PGA Championship. Sam Snead never won a U.S. Open. 
uh, you know, the list goes yeah. much longer than, Watson, longer than that. Watson never won the PGA. Watson never won the PGA. So uh, I'd, I'd say there's a uh, – he's not getting younger. He's got the uh, the distraction of a young family and being active in the uh, on the politics of the, of the PGA Tour. Uh, um, it's going to be very, very hard. If win to winning ma- winning majors has never been harder than it is right now. If in a couple of years, next year, or in the future, if Tiger comes back and Tiger wins a Masters somehow, which is the bigger comeback—the one of which you wrote, or if he came back and did it again? Wow! I mean, I haven't even allowed myself to think about that. That's wild. I will have to say this one because just so for my mode, I literally have never once thought about Tiger winning. What would that be? A six cream jacket, tying big Jack, uh, 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 and 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 climbing the mountaintop again. And I think the reason I haven't even allowed myself to think about that is he seems to be describing himself as as a golfer who who, who is done. Uh, he is saying I can't climb the uh, the mountain. I mean, he I think that was his phrase. I can't climb the mountaintop again. He did also say I could pick off one, you know, something here or there. Um, but really, where he is physically right now, he does not look like someone who could ever walk uh, 72 or 90 holes or practice rounds, uh, and probably more than that, um, uh, given his current physical condition. And he's done so much in the game already, and, he, and his body has paid the price for it. Um, I don't see it happening, and everything I say about Tiger is wrong. And everything that Nicholas says about Tiger is correct, which is never underestimate the Tiger Woods. So he'll probably go do it, and just as you're saying, it will be the greatest uh, golf accomplishment of his life. You know, one of the greatest of, of all time. Although I'll still put 97 ahead of everything, because you needed that to get it started. He's Michael Bamberger. You can read his work at golfandgolf.com. Michael, I look forward to seeing you shortly. A pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for doing this. Happy to do it.